Hey everybody, thanks for stopping by. I'm Eric Johnson, and this is the Burley Flow Podcast. Every week, I post a story from up here in Burley Flow, Wisconsin, the little town on the banks of the Mississippi River I returned to after 20 years away. Now that I'm back, I want to share this place with you. Here with the podcast, at the website at burlyflow.com, with my book and with my Patreon site, which, among other things, has a podcast of its own for members. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and then check out the other stuff. I think you'll enjoy it. Now, let's get to this week's story. Tommy Byer likes the occasional cigar with such regularity that someone printed a t-shirt for him once that said, where there's smoke, there's Byer. And it's true. If you see a gray puff wafting up from Nickel Ross's old hangar over at the airport, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to be him. He's a hangar smoker because, like me, he lives in one of Cordelia Trim's cut-up houses, and Cordelia Trim doesn't allow smoking at all. In fact, it's posted, both inside and out. I've got a 10 by 7 sign at the top of my stairs and one on a stake at the front steps, next to the for rent sign. Mine's in the dining room, Tommy says, and by the back stoop. I myself enjoy a good cigar from time to time, but for me it's more of a situational thing, a matter of the right company, the right occasion, and the right cigar. For Tommy, it's far less conditional. I just like how it grounds me, he says. It's kind of like meditation, I guess. That must make you a Zen master, would be the typical reply from the peanut gallery. I'm not one who jokes about it, though. I don't know much about Tommy Byer, but I get the sense that he's grateful for the grounding, like maybe life has tossed him around a bit. There's a deliberateness to his calm that I find touching. The fact that he smokes in an airplane hangar might seem odd or even reckless, and it is technically against the rules, but not much flying goes on at the airport now. In fact, you see more boats hangared out there these days than you do planes, and there hasn't been a plane in Nickel Ross's hangar since I was here. Apparently, it all kind of fell apart when Nickel Ross died a few years ago. He was 96, so it wasn't really a surprise, when you're 96, your chances of making it through a Wisconsin winter are even at best. But Nickel was the leader of the flying community, and without him, everything just kind of disbanded. I remember it was quite a shock when Nickel quit flying, too. He was 83 at the time, and the consensus at the prop wash was that he decided to be old. Those who already were old, many of whom were far younger than he was, snickered at the news. He was 83 after all. They felt it was about time he started acting his age. For the rest of us, however, it was a sad prospect, Nickel Ross deciding to be old. Sort of like contemplating your own mortality. Part of our fascination with Nickel's age came from the fact that he was even still around. Nobody crashes an airplane five times over the course of a life. At least nobody who makes it to 83. But that's just what he did. Shot down twice in World War II, 
busted a nose wheel in Korea, clipped a wire during his crop dusting days out west, then lost an engine on takeoff in the 80s just to remember what it felt like. Five crashes. 83 years old. Some would say Nickel shouldn't still have been flying. The diminished skills argument. At 83, he's just not the pilot he used to be, they'd say. And after five crashes, after five crashes, even he should have the good sense to admit his luck must be running pretty lean. Whether or not any of this had an impact on Nickel's decision to quit flying, nobody knew. Nickel was a quiet, unsentimental man who figured once the thing was done, it was done. Because of that, he never gave a reason for his abrupt decision. And because nature abhors a vacuum, speculation ran wild. Nickel hadn't just decided to be old, he'd actually sold his plane. Flew it to Prairie for some fuel one morning and sold it to the first stooge to make the traditional nice cub want to sell it offer. Just up and sold it. Cash on the barrel head. Was Nickel sick, people wondered. Did he need the money? There had to be some explanation. Whether or not he should have been flying was beside the point. Nobody just flew to Prairie and sold his plane. Nobody with a logbook as thick as the Milwaukee Yellow Pages, at any rate. And there was no denying it. Without that old cub, all his definitions changed. His logbook was just a scrapbook. His hangar was just a place to pass the time. For those of us not smirking in our coffee, it was all very sad, especially when you considered his annual trip to Peoria. For as long as anyone could remember, Nickel had flown to Peoria on the second weekend of July. It was like death and taxes. On the second weekend in July, Nickel flew to Peoria to celebrate his daughter Jilly's birthday. But not that year. That year, Nickel drove. So we were all feeling pretty low on that Saturday morning toward the middle of July when we saw a sign taped to the hangar. Selling the hangar, we figured. We knew it would only be a matter of time before he got rid of it, but still, a thing like that hurts. To our surprise, however, it wasn't a for sale sign. It was, instead, a kind of open letter. An open letter that told us that Nickel might have given up on his plane, but not himself. It was called, Ode to My Shorts. A rose is a rose, the great bard said, but the same's not true for boxers. Some call them shorts, some underwear, some art, some private's lockers. Some are silk, some drip and dry. The good ones have designs. The best turn something intimate into a great big sign. The ones I've got are warbird-themed. The nose art's quite erotic. And it gives me peace of mind to know my cheeks are patriotic. When I wear my shorts, I feel so cool. It's a shame to be so shy. The world should see such vintage wings. Old planes are meant to fly. Someone snatched that open letter and framed it, and today it hangs behind the counter at the prop wash. I suppose it went up when he died. It's yellowed a little over time, but no one's very bothered by that. Those of us who remember are just happy to see it. When Nickel died, he gave a good chunk of his money to Burley Flow Field, including his old hangar. 
Undoubtedly, he saw the writing on the wall and hoped it would help bridge the gap until the next group of flyers could take over. And in the meantime, if his old hanger gives Tommy Byer a little shelter for his cigars, I'm sure he'd be okay with that. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for stopping by. And when you get a chance, don't forget to check out the website at burlyflow.com. There's some cool stuff there I think you'll like. Thanks again. We'll catch you later. <laughs>